It is Monday, November 21st. I'm Scott Seiden. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Patrick Mahomes adds to his MVP resume. And the Cowboys make a real statement. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is Straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Kansas City Chiefs, 30-27 winners on Sunday night football. Spectacular fashion, by the way. The Dallas Cowboys go into Minnesota and blow out the Vikings, 40-3. And Kyrie Irving returns to action. What is the Vegas lead? We'll start with Sunday night football, AJ, because honestly... I know, like, I, I've brought out this analogy multiple times. I don't know if I've ever done it on this podcast. I might have done it on the Dream Pod. And I've tweeted it out often. But remember the scene from Billy Madison when they're in the academic decathlon and they get to the talent portion? Mm-hmm. And Billy takes out, or no, no, uh, Eric takes out his. Uh, Viola mm-hmm. or whatever he plays, and he plays this marvelous symphony. It's 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 incredible. And then Billy takes his flute and goes like, <laughs> yeah. and then he just chuckles and goes, <laughs> he's, he's good. good. <laughs> That's how I felt last night watching the Kansas City Chiefs operate after the Chargers took the lead and the Chiefs get the ball back, trailing late in the fourth quarter. <laughs> There's um, there's a minute and change left, and they go right down the field, and Travis Kelsey gets his third touchdown of the night. I just sat there and went, <laughs> they're good. Well, it's crazy because it, it what it really did was it erased what Justin Herbert did mm-hmm. last night. And up until the last drive of the game, Justin Herbert had outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And... He looked like he was in good position, and they're going to go home with a win. And there's some things that you have no control over as a quarterback. I remember last year watching Josh Allen sit on the sidelines helplessly, seconds. watching Patrick Mahomes go down the field and score the game winner. And you see both of them. You saw Mahomes at first, mm-hmm. and he's they keep getting his sideline uh, demeanor. And there was smiles on the sack, and then – you know, frustration, and then it shows Justin Herbert with that. It's always the same look with Justin Herbert, the helmet on top of the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, Just kind of shaking his head at what he's seeing there. And, you know, it it really does wipe out a nice performance by him. But this is why Patrick Mahomes continues to be the best the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and he's the MVP favorite, no no, no question right now. Yeah, so this was was one of those games where – they needed him to have a massive game, and it, and really they needed him to have a massive drive, mm-hmm. and he came up big in the biggest spot. Yeah, minute 46, they get the ball at their own 25-yard line, and boom, pass to Marquez Valdez-Scantling for 18 yards. Boom, he runs for six yards. Then an incomplete, then a couple of incomplete passes. Then he gets the Sky Moore completion for 13 yards, a big 16-yard run. And then the Travis Kelsey 17-yard catch and run for the touchdown. Mahomes utilizing his legs when it matters the most in a game. That's become a recurring theme for him. 
And, you know, he doesn't put up the flashiest of rushing totals, but in the biggest moments of the game, he always finds a way to scramble and get the yardage that they need to, whether it's to extend the drive or to help them move the move the ball down the field. It's incredible. It really is. And, you know, this is why. And he's also playing without his two, two top wide receivers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this was uh, this was one of those if the, if there were Heisman moments in the NFL, mm-hmm. this would be one of those Heisman moments. This is one of those MVP moments. Uh, so kudos, huge win, uh, huge cover for the Chargers. And yeah, I think the the promising thing for the Chargers is they're five and five now, which isn't ideal, obviously, but they're certainly not out of it by any stretch. But you saw with Keenan Allen on the field. How different it this offense changes is. everything. And Allen was not a hundred percent in this game last night. No, and Mike Williams leaving the game. That's yeah. that's bothersome. But just the idea that Keenan Allen is that like you, there's a real number one wide receiver that mm-hmm. you have to pay extra attention to. And on their big scoring drive late, he had that massive catch deep down the field that went for what? It was like a, a forty-six yard completion. Yep. And that was one of the biggest plays for the for the Chargers in the I was, game. That moment. I was so peeved as well. But they kept showing the catch, but they didn't show the throw. Yeah, and the thing about problem. Justin Herbert is, like, it doesn't look like he's trying to throw it really hard. It looks like he's just kind of flicking it, and then it just goes a mile. Yeah. It's it's really you unbelievable. Know, on that play, it was so funny because Keenan Allen he he got up, like dropped the ball, and like celebrated. And I was like, wait a minute. Was he ever touched? Yeah, they but touched. then when they showed the replay in slow motion, it's like uh, the defender touched his foot, foot. Yep. when he, when he got, went to the ground. And I was like, oh, because otherwise, like, don't you think like the the Chiefs sideline is calling down saying Tandy Reed to challenge it? But they probably saw that replay there. It was crazy because he just got up and put the ball down. Like it did. It what didn't look like it, it was almost a fumble. And and it kind of begs the question of is it the right thing to do what the Chargers did to. I mean, you want touchdowns when you can get touchdowns. Mm-hmm. A minute and 46 is a long, long time for yeah. Patrick Mahomes. And uh, it, it's it's kind of like either you do you do it and if it, if it works, you're a genius. And if it doesn't, you're a dope. But if you don't do it, so you're, you're saying, a dope no matter what. <laughs> the thing is, though, is that what, what, what would you want them to do? The Chiefs called the timeout there with a minute 50 left. It's second and goal. You can't afford to take a knee, right? And, and they're then, not like and, a power run team. Yeah, or... and then and okay, so let's say you run there and you don't get in, and the Chiefs are just going to use another timeout. Yeah, and so what? Now you're forced to score, and there's only instead of instead of the Chiefs getting the ball back with a minute forty six, they get it with a minute thirty six. Like it doesn't matter. They're still going to do what they did. The Chargers got the ball back with thirty seconds left. So think about that. The Chiefs' drive started with a minute 46. It only took them a minute 15 yeah. to go 75 yards and score the go-ahead touchdown. This feels like every Chargers season is – it's like on repeat. It's the same thing over and over. And almost every Chargers game feels the same way. It's like – it's Groundhog Day, the, yeah. the L.A. Chargers. you. You know, you have these expectations. You can't meet them. There, you find disastrous ways to lose games. Sometimes the personnel changes. Sometimes the coach changes. Pretty much the same results, though, um, and the same results for Patrick Mahomes, who just doesn't lose road games in division ever. 
Uh, it's it, just an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable game. These these two teams. That's the, the beauty of it. They play great games, mm-hmm. and that's why I I was on the Chargers last night, at, uh, plus five and a half. They they don't get blown out by this team. Like the Chiefs blow out a lot of teams. They rarely blow out the Chargers. They, these two teams play very competitive games. The Chiefs typically win. <laughs> yeah. But the Chargers are always right there in it. So they, it's always interesting. So let's see. I'm trying to see updated Super Bowl odds. I'm seeing, well, it depends where you look. Each book is different. But let's see. Uh, maybe a consensus would be the Bills plus 400 and then the Chiefs plus 470. Then the Eagles plus 550. So would you take... Buffalo, Kansas City versus the field right now? Yeah. Yes. I think I would too. Yeah. yeah. So the winner of the AFC, which is likely going to be Buffalo or Kansas City. And, wins the Super Bowl. and guess what else you get free with that? The Ravens. <laughs> well, no, I'm not. I'm, uh, forget about. I'm not talking about an AFC versus an oh, NFC. Oh, okay, bet. okay. Just talking about Bills, Chiefs versus, versus the, field. the field. Yeah, that's, that's probably. That's the fair. That'd be a fair line. I'll give you. What would be a fair line on that? Five to one plus 500? What what are their what are their current odds right now? Bills plus four hundred, Chiefs plus four seventy. Hmm. Yeah, I'd say five to one's probably fair. So five five to one, you get Bills, Chiefs versus and and then the rest of the field, you know. Yeah. So the rest of the, I mean, you have the whole NFC. Have them. Have them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can have them. Yeah. But is, is anybody like? I mean, listen, I know the Eagles lost a game and they could have lost a game yesterday, but the, whatever's happened, the Eagles don't strike fear in me. Like, mm. I, I don't look at that team and go, oh, who's going to be able to stop? Like, they just haven't played anybody. Yeah, good. and now you can't even say that the team with the second best record in the NFC even looks like the second best team in the NFC. Oh, my God. Because let's get into this. The Dallas Cowboys go into Minnesota. And kudos to you, because you said it last week. You would take the Cowboys over the Vikings. I said I would take the Vikings over the Cowboys. It wasn't just you. It was everybody at the pregame offices <laughs> except me. Well, Dallas absolutely stomped them out. It was yeah. disgusting. Watching this game was, honestly, I felt embarrassed for the Vikings as somebody just watching it from the outside looking in. Because it starts out with the fumble on the opening drive. All right, what are you going to do? Good job holding Dallas to a field goal. And then good job responding on your ensuing drive and tying the game. It's 3-3. And then they did absolutely nothing on offense. Their next, let's count it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven drives resulted in punts. And this is normally... You see a game that's 40 to 3. The the thing you expect to see is, oh, there must have been a bunch of turnovers. Some there was the one turnover you mentioned at the beginning. That was the only turnover mm-hmm. of the game. The story is the Dallas Cowboys running had, 70 plays and Minnesota only running 54. Yeah. Well, the Cowboys having 458 yards of offense, <laughs> the Vikings having 183. Yeah. Kirk Cousins looked like the Kirk Cousins that we kind of make well, fun of. Like, and and, and what, it, what was the conversation we had on the Dream Pod this week? Kirk Cousins not at 1 o'clock Eastern. Yeah. <laughs> and this was a 425 Eastern time kickoff that he's out of his rhythm. We should have expected this. We knew about this. This is what it boils down to. The Cowboys defense is elite. And 
they, I, Kirk Cousins under pressure. So where was this elite defense when they gave up 31 to the Packers last week? Where's this elite defense going to be when the Giants beat them outright on Thanksgiving? <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, they've been, they, they are an elite pass rush for sure. And yes. putting that on Kirk Cousins, I, I just knew it would, it would spell disaster. I didn't know it was going to be this. Mm-hmm. But I I, just, I thought the Cowboys were the better team, and everyone was saying that the like the Vikings were the better team, and their their road uh, their home dogs. I, I mean, I didn't know if they should be home dogs, but I certainly didn't think they were the better team. So I, I you know I, I wasn't I wasn't totally shocked that the Cowboys won the game. Certainly, I was shocked at the result. I was I'm shocked at forty to three. I didn't see that coming. The Vikings, after their field goal, their next six drives, they got a total of 63 yards. Unreal. Yeah. They, this, it, it Dallas was... got 75 yards on their second possession of the game. They, Dallas had more yards in the second possession of their the game, in which they scored a touchdown, than the Vikings did every other time they touched the football before the, end of, before the final possession of the game. This is in contention for most embarrassing result of the season. Like, it's, oh, this, this is the biggest beatdown of the season. This is this the, is bad. What the, the the Bills week two to the Titans was pretty pretty ugly, mm-hmm. and then the Bills and the Steelers. Yes, like the Steelers just looked in mm-hmm. it. They didn't look like a football team. But so, but think about that. The first time the Bills, who were the Super Bowl champions when they played both those games, or the Super Bowl favorites when they played both those games, the Dallas Cowboys are a team that nobody's talking about as a Super Bowl contender. They're kind of being overshadowed in their own division even. Yeah. Uh, this should probably wake some people up to the Cowboys. This Cowboys team is pretty good. Since Dak Prescott came back, it's a different team. Are you laying eight against the Giants on Thanksgiving? You know, it's a lot. It's a division dog. A yeah, lot, a lot of points in a division game. It is a lot of points. I'm probably not coming off of a result so, like they just had. Well, that's the thing. And the so, Giants losing. Yes. Well, think about this. We got both. You have the Giants and Cowboys on Thanksgiving, which is Giants looking awful and losing to the Lions. Cowboys looking great and blowing out the Vikings. This line is minus eight. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets higher because there's going to be recency bias built in, and then. You got the Vikings, who got embarrassed by the Cowboys. They will be at home. They're laying three against the Patriots, who just won an absolute ugly game against the Jets, a team that they have now won 14 straight times against. I honestly think the plays are for Thanksgiving, and I know we'll talk about those games as we progress here throughout this week. I think it's Giants plus the points, and I think Vikings laying the points. It might be. Although Kirk Cousins not at one That's o'clock true. Eastern yeah, time, that, you got to consider Cousins that in prime time. Got maybe that's the. But I, I think that there's going to be a lot of people on the Patriots. I think, and a lot of people on the Dallas Cowboys. But I do think something to monitor is the Giants. Not only did they get their ass kicked today, they had a lot of guys leave that game with injury. Uh-huh. And it, I mean, we're talking about guys leaving in an ambulance, guys leaving with multiple guys leaving with neck injuries. Uh, it, both their starting cornerbacks leave. The, I mean, it's a, it's not good. Uh, and Wandale Robinson, who's mm-hmm. been their their best, you know, one of their best rookies, uh, is grabbing his knee. Like th- these are these are bad omens. Um, so I I don't know I, I don't 
I'll have to see the practice reports and stuff like that before I have any interest in the Giants, but I don't want to lay it with the Cowboys coming off a win like that. Yeah. And speaking of the Giants, this was, you want to talk about one shocking result with Minnesota? This was a shocking result because I was all, Giants were my favorite play of the week. I, I did not buy into the Lions after what, I felt was a fake win for them a, a week ago against the Bears. If if Justin Fields doesn't throw a terrible pick six, the Bears win that football game. They got dominated on the ground. The Bears ran all over them. And the Giants in this one really unable to get anything going offensively. It was embarrassing for them. Daniel Jones with the with intercept Aiden Hutchinson made a great play on one of those interceptions. Yeah. But that was Dan- like his first great play yeah. of the season. Though. But <laughs> but Daniel Jones uh with the interceptions, Saquon Barkley got nothing going on there. I don't know if Barkley had a had a had a, a cold going into the game because he didn't look good at all. And maybe it was the Giants offensive line. And then there's, you know, Jared Goff. It's not like the Lions, this is the thing. It's not like the Lions did anything that special. Like, go look at the – if you look at just the box score, the Giants outgained them. Well, the Giants had three turnovers. That's the, that's what I'm saying. the first the thing Gi- you'll see. The Giants outgained them. The Giants had, uh, you know, more first downs. The Giants ran more plays. It's just the Giants – they had more yards per play. It was the turnovers. That's what it was. It was turnovers and penalties, and that's how you lose a football game. And this one, though, the score's 31-18. This wasn't even that close. No, it, no, it wasn't. It, this wasn't like this was a beatdown. Mm-hmm. And in the Lions, uh, the, the, my I'm worried the, the, about the scorching hot lines. We've won three straight. I'm worried about the Giants because I knew they'd kind of come back down to earth. Mm-hmm. This is a few weeks in a row where it's been like, okay, you didn't look great against the Texans a week ago. Mm-hmm. The Texans are probably they're the worst team in the league. Before that, you get your ass kicked by Seattle. Before that, you don't look great against the Jags, who are also in the conversation for worst. Like, it's just been a while since I saw the Giants and said, man, these guys are impressive. Like, it's it's becoming more of a distant memory, and the Giants are becoming, you know, and kudos to Fez, who all year long has said the, the Giants, at best, mm-hmm. are an average team. And it looks like the Giants are probably an average team and maybe trending to slightly below average. So 7-3 and three right now, the Giants are in possession of the sixth seed in the NFC playoff picture, uh, the seventh and final wildcard spot currently held by the uh, 49ers, who uh, with a win on Monday Night Football tonight will improve to 6-4. and four. They'd still be behind the Giants, who are still at 7-3. and three. But if the Giants lose to the Cowboys on th- on Thanksgiving, which they're an eight-point underdog right now, now they're seven and four. All of a sudden, the Commanders are six and five. They look decent with Taylor Heineke. Uh, Atlanta is five and six, and and they're creeping up. The P- Giants' playoff hopes at one at one point thought to be a foregone conclusion. All of a sudden. Not so certain right now. Yeah, it's getting it's getting shaky, and the good news is for them, teams like the Packers and the Rams feel like they're Stink. they're eliminated. Yep. Uh, but the bad news is, the Giants don't feel like they're very good. Like he, suddenly, you know, you you made you made this joke a few times. They might be the worst seven and three team. Yeah. Of all time. <laughs> so uh, this is like when you think about this, the Giants are seven and three. 
the Ravens are seven and three. The Bills, the Bills are, are seven, seven and three. Yeah. One of these Two, things yeah. is not like the other, <laughs> yeah, that's friends. That's exactly One of these right. things is not like the other. All right, let's take a look around the rest of the league, rest of the results today. The Washington Commanders have no trouble whatsoever with the Houston Texans, uh, 23-10. And this was a game where at, at, near the half, the Texans had six yards. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Six it, yards of offense. I, I've said the word embarrassing a bunch in this podcast because, yeah, there were a lot of embarrassing results yesterday, and this was also one of them. Davis Mills is terrible. Uh, there were people at the beginning of this season or preseason that were like, like vehemently defending Davis Mills mm-hmm. as the maybe the best quarterback from that class. And I was like, what are you guys seeing here? <laughs> and now I think everybody realizes he stinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the highlight of the game was Damian Pierce getting powerbombed Kevin Nash style. <laughs> uh, so if you, if, if you go to YouTube and find that somewhere, I'm sure. But uh, the Texans fall to 1-8-1. and one. They are they're looking for a quarterback. <laughs> they are hey. in the hunt now for that number one overall pick. Uh, but the commanders, as you mentioned, Firmly now in the in the hunt for a playoff spot. Uh, overtime, Raiders twenty two, Broncos sixteen. You said this is one of the ugliest games of the week. Mm-hmm. It was. It, it feels like Nathaniel Hackett got out coached here. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, who uh, gave up play calling responsibilities to uh, young Kubiak, so him understanding, hey, maybe we got to change things up. Well, change. More of the same results as the Broncos only score 16 points. Yeah, 10-0 lead. Uh, and really, it was like early in the second quarter, they'd had 10 points. And I was like, wow, maybe the offense has kind of figured something out here. And then, no, it was the the same old offense. Uh, Russell Wilson, 247 passing yards. They just can't, they can't get anything going on offense. And I, I think it's, you know, I, I'm not a big believer in firing coaches after one year. Mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hackett's just not a good head coach. Like it's pretty obvious right now. Well, we were saying that about Josh McDaniels, though. Also, I I wasn't saying it. I still say yeah. it about him. Like it's this is he was just the better man uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. That so if what take that for what it's worth. Uh, Falcons twenty seven, Bears twenty four. In big what win, big win for the sports books? May have been the best game of the day. Like it was really a back and forth game. Mm-hmm. Like it was a close game. Bad teams, but a fun game at least. And uh, Justin Fields with a, a paltry 85 yards rushing. So that's yeah, that's nuts. Like maybe, not up to his standards. Maybe step it up, get 140, and and you win there. Um, but this game just came down to the very end, and Justin Fields made a mistake with the football, mm-hmm. and and the, uh, the the Falcons get the win. Uh, also, a, a Cordero Patterson kick return touchdown, 103 yards. He now has touchdown. the most all-time. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, like it, you would have thought that um, it would be somebody, you know, that, that, that it's in the Hall of Fame. It would be, um, you know. Uh, Devin Hester. Devin Hester. Yeah. But actually, no. Josh Cribbs was the leader in the clubhouse with eight kick returns for touchdowns, and Cordero Patterson had his ninth. Like Also, Leon Washington, former Jet, who was amazing at returning kicks. He had uh, eight kick returns for a touchdown. But Cordero Patterson, and what makes this so um, 
so crazy is that this is a record that probably never gets broken because we don't see a lot of kick returns anymore, especially with the touchback goal yeah. to the 25 and with kickers stronger than ever. And the game plan is just kick it out of the back of the end zone. This might never, ever be broken. It might not. And I think something else that's notable is all those names you mentioned. Yeah. They're kickoff return specialists. They're special teams players. Cordero Patterson's starting running back for the Falcons. Yeah, like that's it, true. He's out there. Like this, he's he's one of their key guys on offense out there returning kicks, which you see less and less in the NFL these days as well. The Buffalo Bills thirty-one, the Browns twenty-three in Detroit. Really slow start for the Bills. Yeah, they crank it up late, particularly their their defense cranks it up in the second half. Uh, and the and Bills... They ran the ball really well. Yeah, ran the ball a lot. 33 carries on the day for the Bills. Only three of those from Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. So that was 18 for Singletary, 11 for rookie James Cook. And they just kind of... And the, the Browns scored a very late touchdown, very late, to make this game close. But And it, it, this is one of those games that depends on the number you had. Uh, there were eight and a halfs at one point. Hope Ooh. hope you didn't take that. Contest line was seven and a half. There were lots of seven and a halfs. Uh, and I ended up being on a, uh, a six-point tease from seven and a half down, so I was sweat-free. Hmm. Uh, but the, the the Bills, depending on your number, uh, get you to the window 31 to 23. Like I said, good, really good start defensively for the Browns. They faded late. The Browns fall to three and seven, and I think any hope that Deshaun Watson can pull them out of this hole is yeah. probably lost nope. at this point. So uh, the the Browns have what can, what can you can really just call a lost season mm-hmm. uh, here. Philadelphia Eagles. I should. This is probably the game of the day, at least the most exciting finish mm. of the day. The Eagles seventeen, the Colts sixteen. Nick Sirianni is um, amped up at the end. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people don't like it, but this was one of those games that came down to the very end. Jalen Hurts gets a seven-yard touchdown run with a, just over a minute to go in the game to give them the lead, a one-point lead. They hold on to win a game that really the Colts felt like they were in control of yeah. all game. And that's where I said I worry about what like worry about the Eagles if if they're really as good as everybody thinks they are because. It never felt like they were better than the Colts in this game until the final score was on the board. The thing is that the Colts had a bunch of chances to be able to extend the lead, right, and mainly get into the end zone. But their inability to get into the end zone wound up hurting them because it kept Philly in the game. Yep. You know, they they get down um, – you know, they get down, you know, around like the 30 or so and settle for a field goal. Uh, they're they're inside the 20 and they settle for a field goal. They had the missed field goal as well. Um, and so opportunities in the red zone to convert for seven and settle for three, you leave the door open for the Eagles to come back, and that's exactly what they did. It, it, it took a while, you know, because of the turnover, but – they were able to get the Jalen Hurts touchdown at the end, and that's it. It's all she wrote. The, Nine and one now. I was wrong. The best finish of the day was in the Jets-New England game, but this was absolutely the worst football game that was played yesterday. Not only the worst football game, but probably like the worst post game 
press conference ever because Zach Wilson is completely unaware of how pathetic he is as a quarterback. Uh, like, did he, did he think that it was a good game by him? Like, he, he yeah, it's, it's, it's quite embarrassing. Nine of 22, 77 yards, four sacks on the day for Zach Wilson. He was, at one point, there were more, there were more Jets punts than passing yards. Like, that's how bad things were at one point for this Jets offense. And I don't know. I, I think people are starting to realize it. This is the first time I've really heard Jets fans kind of say this, mm-hmm. and we've seen it on Twitter, that if Zach Wilson doesn't do something dramatic to finish this season, he might not get a year three. Like, it, this Jets roster, this Jets defense – Brees Hall, when he comes back, there's it's there's too much good stuff here to waste another year yeah. with Zach Wilson at quarterback. And I get when you draft a guy high and he fails, it's tough to swallow. It's tough to admit. Zach Wilson stinks at football. The Jets need to find an answer. And if they don't, they're going to waste years of the prime of this team that is, it's just, it would be a crime because their defense is really good. The, uh, the post-game press conference I was talking about, a reporter asked Zach Wilson if he felt like he let the defense down, and he said no. <laughs> so, uh, but he did. Uh, because you're right, this Jets team does have all the pieces. Robert Sala is a heck of a coach, and especially a defensive coach. And for them to lose a football game in which they really held their opponent in check the entire game, it's embarrassing to not be able to do anything on offense. And then it was only fitting. It, it just seemed like what a jet way to lose the game, right? Uh, a wa- you know, essentially a walk-off punt return touchdown. Yeah. The worst, they, they're, they're all thinking they're going to overtime. Mm-hmm. They do not. Where they're playing for a tie. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of postgame, Garrett Wilson had some words as well. The passing game just isn't working right now. Um, uh, we got to be detailed, you know, all of us. You know, it started it started during the week in practice, um, coaching, all of that, man. We all got to be more detailed. We all got to have a, a better plan. Um, it's not okay. I mean, straight up, it's not okay. We had, how many how many total yards we had? A little over 100. Yeah, it's not, not, not going to fly. So, um, you know, we got the dudes. It's time, you know, it's time to. Be consistent. It's time to start winning the games we should win. It's time to to do all that. Yeah, that's about the the right way to word it. It ain't gonna fly. No, it ain't gonna fly. And like I tweeted this out today. As soon as that punt return happened, Jets gonna jet. This it was such a. I talked earlier about the Chargers and how it seems like every it's Groundhog Day. The Jets, you kind of. I mean, you're not. Are you surprised? No. Are you surprised? Again, their defense looked phenomenal uh, and. Maybe even a more concern is what do the Patriots do with Mac Jones? Because clearly he's not looking like the long-term answer either after a a solid yet unspectacular Mm -hmm. rookie year. You're starting to see the holes in his game. Um, You know, Belichick certainly can get more out of a quarterback than just about anybody, but just a pathetic offensive performance by both teams. The L.A. Rams fall Ugh. to three and seven. Ugh. Saints move to four and seven. This Shine was up the CLV trophy. Yeah, this was uh, a tough one for me because 
I got down early in the week. We all did. Feeling good. We all felt great. We, we all knew felt Matt great. Stafford was going to play. Knew, we knew. And Matt Stafford did play. Line closed at what, two? What did this line close I think at? it was two, yeah. He played until he didn't. Two and a half the line closed at. And got knocked out of the game once mm-hmm. again with a concussion. Back-to-back weeks now with concussion issues. Yeah. That's problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw what happened with Tua. He, mm-hmm. he may miss some significant time here. Well, um, he should just anyway. He's got the elbow issue. He's got every, they're three just, and seven. He might as well just call it a season. Tip, bro. You're three and seven. Hey, good job. You let's, won the Super Bowl uh, last year. Let, let's, yeah, let's retool for next year. No one's going to look at this Matt Stafford signing or the trade as a failure because they won the Super Bowl. You won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's any shame in saying, hey, let's let's get right. Let's figure out some things with this offense, you know, long term, and and get back to the drawing board for next season. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, with one of the, I mean, if it weren't for the Jets, we'd be talking about how shitty their offense is. Baker Mayfield, not good once again. Lucky for them, the defense kind of showed up and kept the Ravens in check. This was shocking to me to watch. Uh, as this unfolded, you know, and, and watching, uh, you know, didn't watch the whole game. I'm watching on red zone and whatever. And to see the score or this game very rarely ever come up on my screen. And I, I have to check, I had to check the score on my phone for at times because they weren't switching over to this game. Nothing was happening. <laughs> nothing was happening. They, there was punt, 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 punt. That's all they did. Until the Ravens got down and, and and got a field goal at the end of the half, it yep. was it was gross. I, I I could and I was shocked. I couldn't believe it because I thought the Ravens were going to blow them out, but maybe the Ravens. And this is them. Uh, you know they come off that come off the bye, sleepwalking a bit. It's not like they overlooked them, but play, certainly playing down to their competition. Yeah, and I wonder if coming I – mean, you wouldn't think coming off a bye matters that much to mm-hmm. this team because there's such a – you know, they're not like a precision offense or something. Like, this is a, a beat-you-up team. Uh, having Mark And Mark Andrews played really well coming back from injury. Um, but maybe the Ravens are kind of taking a look at their division and saying, let's just keep winning games. We don't have yeah. to – let's just keep – Let's not push ourselves. Let's right the ship or let's, uh, let's keep the ship pointed in the right direction, keep doing things. Uh, you know, and really the most important game for the Ravens is probably the very last game of the year against the Bengals because they're mm-hmm. they've got a game in hand on them. They've beat them once already. They, you know, they're they're a game ahead in the standings. They've just got to they've got to take care of their business and and just keep stay healthy. Yeah, well, and that's, that's think, the most important. Thing. I think, and maybe that's something that's in Harbaugh's head now is because the injuries were such a big concern yes. last year and years years before. Yeah. So, so now, now the, the 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 onus is on staying out of injury trouble. Yeah, uh, but this is four straight wins for the Ravens, uh, who I continue to say are one of the most underrated teams mm-hmm. in football. No one is talking about them. No one's talking about them as like a Super Bowl contender. And in my opinion, when the Bills came back to the pack, it opened it up for a lot of teams. Hmm. Like. There was a time, maybe three, four weeks ago, where it felt like a foregone conclusion the Bills were going to win the Super Bowl. Yes. It doesn't feel that way now. And the Chiefs are really good. But are the Chiefs, like, so much better than the Ravens that we shouldn't even consider them? I I don't think so. I think we have a clear one through four 
in the AFC. Bills and Chiefs, 1-1-A, because I think you can put them yeah. together. And then I think it's clear that the Ravens are three and the Dolphins are four. That's what I think. And then you want to throw the Bengals in there at five, or you want to throw the Titans, or or the, you know what I shouldn't. I I think you could put the Titans in that in that same group with the Ravens and the uh, and the Dolphins and the Dolphins because, uh, and I, I I talk about how the Ravens are underrated. I think the Titans are underrated, and I'm part of the reason why. Like I I don't think they're that good. I I keep telling myself this team can't be as good as their record. They they don't. What do they do at an elite level? And then they just keep winning football games. <laughs> and it's not like this is a team that was 2-15 and 15 a year ago. This was the best team in the AFC last year. Yeah. It shouldn't be a surprise that they're good. But everybody was surprised last year that they mm-hmm. were as good as they were. This is one of those teams with the eye test. You don't want to believe that they're as good as they are. They shouldn't be as good as they are. But they keep getting the job done, and those those are but the kind of teams getting that- the job done. And, and and let's talk about this Titans team for just a moment, because you lose a game that you should have won in Week One against the Giants. All right, whatever. You lose to the Bills. You lose to the Chiefs. No one's gonna even you know blink. But their wins, Raiders. What do we know about the Raiders now? The Raiders aren't good. They suck. Twice against the Colts. And when they played the Colts, the Colts certainly weren't good. They beat the Commanders. Uh, the Commanders that, are getting better. Aging, aging well, I guess. And they beat the Texans, <laughs> the Broncos, <laughs> and the Packers. Yeah. They haven't beaten anybody. No, you're right. In fact, I don't think – do the Commanders have a winning record now? Yep, 6-5 and five now. That's the only team they've beaten with a winning record. And yeah. now the now they'll face the Bengals will be a real test next week. Oh, that's a good game. Bengals, then Eagles, play the Chargers, whatever. I'm sure people are going to bet the Chargers. Then they'll have the uh, the the uh, I'm sorry, the Jaguars. Then they'll have the Chargers and then Texans, Cowboys, Jaguars again. But they have a one win against a winning team and that winning team just got to their above 500 record with a win yesterday. Speaking of the Cincinnati Bengals, 37-30 winners over the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot more offense than I was expecting in this game. Mm, yeah. Um, I ended up not – this was my favorite play from the podcast. I ended up not betting it because the number kind of started to get away from me. A lot of money came in on the Steelers. Yeah, I think, yeah, a lot of people like the Steelers, and the Steelers look good early mm-hmm. in this game. Steelers' first half, that was a play, obviously. Uh, Pittsburgh was up 2017 at halftime, uh, started to fade defensively in the second half. And the Bengals just kind of started to pour it on them, and the, the final score is closer than the game was because the the Steelers scored with under under a minute to go to to make it a one score game. Uh, but despite a two zero turnover edge, the the Steelers were just the Bengals were the better team. And you know, thankfully in our uh, our circa contest, McKenzie vetoed me on the Steelers and was mm. like, I just think the Bengals are so much better. And he was right. The Bengals are much better. And I think the the key here and what I thought the the biggest the biggest thing in this game was I figured Joe Burrow would be running for his life all day. How bad this offensive line has been. Yeah. Steelers get two sacks on mm-hmm. the day. So uh kudos to them for uh for, for keeping Joe Burrow clean. And when Joe Burrow's clean. This team is is tough to handle, and yeah. maybe getting Jamar Chase back at practice next week is what I was reading. So, but we'll see what the status is of Joe Mixon, who left the game with a concussion. 
So not sure what his availability is going to be moving forward. Samaje Piran did have uh, a nice day, three receiving touchdowns for Samaje Piran. Uh, but if they don't have Joe Mixon, I don't know if P. Ryan could be the guy to lead that rushing attack that would take, you know, I, I think people might just key in on Joe Burrow. But if Jamar Chase comes back, sure, that, that opens up a lot yeah. of things mm-hmm. for this offense, as we know. So there you go. Week 11 of the NFL in the books. Well, almost one game left. And that's tonight. Monday night football live from Mexico. Yeah, the eyes of the world will be on the World Cup, but the eyes of Mexico City will also be on the World Cup. Uh, (laughs) Now, thankfully, uh, Mexico does not play until tomorrow. They do not play today, so uh, I guess the fans can enjoy themselves some American football tonight before they cheer on uh, El Tri, as they're called. See, I I know my soccer. You're all over. Yeah, Uh, on Tuesday. But tonight, 49ers doing battle with the Cardinals, and I have a feeling that this game goes under. And the reason I feel that way is because I have concerns about both of these teams dealing with the elevation. This is much higher than it is in Denver. Mm Mm-hmm. And the 49ers have played in Denver already this year. That was an 11-10 football game. The Cardinals haven't played in Denver in a while. I don't know. I don't have anything to draw on here. But I just have a feeling that there might be some some, oxygen on the sidelines and players not being able to handle it. I agree with that. And, I I mean, also when you consider the the unknowns – about the Arizona quarterback situation. Like, how healthy is whoever plays, how healthy are they going to be in this game tonight? Because we know Kyler Murray's been dealing with an injury. Colt McCoy's been dealing with an injury. This is, it's not an ideal situation here because if you were, if you have to go to a third string quarterback, mm-hmm. it's Trace McSorley, who's never started in an NFL yeah. game before. So there is a, uh, a, a lot of uncertainty about an Arizona offense that I don't totally trust to begin with. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the elevation, that should, it's the only way I could look is to and under. So here's the uh, past results of games played in uh, Estadio Azteca. You have the Chiefs with a 24-17 win over the Chargers in 2019. In 2017, the Patriots blew out the Raiders 33-8. Now remember, that was the game where the week before... Yep. The Patriots played in Denver. And then stayed in Colorado. And then stayed in Colorado, practiced and trained at altitude for two weeks before playing in Mexico City. And then the first Mexico City game was in 2016. The Raiders defeated the Texans 27-20. And all but that first game would go under this number of 43. Correct. Uh, So it's... Again, the the under is the only way I could look here, and I don't really have a strong take on the side as as well, just because I the I don't want to lay that many points at the 49ers. and I, and there's yeah. there's a lot of different lines out there. You 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 can find seven and a half, you can find eight, you can find eight and a half. So Ooh. depending on what team you like, you need to you need to shop around, get yourself the right numbers. But now can we play the seven and a half and an eight and a half and middle of the eight? Uh not a number that I'd expect to middle, but crazier things have happened. But again, just because I, the unknowns about the health situation 
for Arizona's quarterbacks is enough to just keep me off this game. Uh, and I'll, I'll just watch and see. Because here's what I do believe. I think the 49ers have turned a corner. They're back to being a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, their record's 5-4. and four, So on paper, they haven't been a good team. I think that we start to see that the 49ers are still, especially in a watered-down NFC, they're still one of the teams to beat. Oh, and the the Super Bowl odds are indicative of that. I mean, you look right now, the 49ers are the fourth favorite to win the Super Bowl. At 5-4. and four. Think yeah. about that. Yeah, that's a lot of respect for the 49ers. There was a little shake-up in the college football world this weekend uh, as Tennessee gets blown out by South Carolina, also loses Hendon Hooker yeah, for the season tough. to an ACL, and so you can scratch him off the Heisman Trophy contenders list more yep. than likely. Uh, and I was, I, I tweeted this out. I was actually glad. I hate that Hendon Hooker got hurt because I think he's one of the most fun players to watch in the country. But I was glad that when he got hurt, South Carolina was already dog-walking Tennessee because mm-hmm. – there's two things that I didn't want to happen. I didn't want Tennessee to win this game and continue on without Hendon Hooker and maybe, and let's face it, probably make the playoff without Hendon Hooker because they'd have no chance. And I also didn't want them to say, well, if Hendon Hooker wouldn't have gotten hurt, we'd be in the playoff. You had him out there for most of the game. You were getting smacked around by a, a, a not very good South Carolina team. You made Spencer Rattler uh, look like Joe Montana. It's just mm-hmm. you didn't deserve to win. Uh, so bummed for Hendon Hooker, but Tennessee, as Fez would say, <laughs> has been eliminated. eliminated. What a week it was, though. You had two, three, four, and five. Now I know number five Tennessee lost, but two, three, four, and five were all losing in the fourth quarter. Uh, that's wild. And games. you know what? Listen, number one was pushed as well. Uh, Georgia didn't really get anything going offensively in that game against Kentucky. They win 16-6. All they've got to do now is beat Georgia Tech next week, and I think they seal their playoff spot. Yeah, well, 100%. We know that. They're undefeated going to the SEC championship. They're in. Ohio State, Uh man, and you'll see 43-30. Oh, no problem, right? Oh, there were problems. Yeah, they got the late score, yep. Yeah, they get the late defensive touchdown, but – Ohio State looks so vulnerable right now defensively. And we talked about this Maryland team and how poor they'd been on offense the last several weeks. I really thought Ohio State was going to blow Maryland out of the water. They just couldn't get away from them. So the question right now that I have is, can there be a scenario where the Ohio State-Michigan loser gets into the college football 100%. And what would that scenario have to be? I think it all has to start with TCU losing a game. Okay. So the, that means the Big 12 is eliminated. Here's what I would say. Georgia, Big Ten champion, unbeaten TCU. Yes, we know. Those are locks. I think Ohio, and, I think if if there's a one, one loss, loss, Ohio US, State. No, 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 no. One loss, USC, Pac-12 champion. I don't think so. You're not keeping out one loss, USC, Pac-12 champion. Uh, over, you're not keeping them out and putting in one loss Big Ten non-championship game participant. I think you are when you look at their strength of schedule. No chance. There's n- look at what, first of all, Caleb Williams won the Heisman Trophy this past weekend. He may have. He's now plus one twenty to win the award. Mm-hmm. That performance on national television against UCLA, moving them up to ten and one. 
a win over Notre Dame this week, and then a win. Which Ohio State already has one of those in their pocket. Okay, a win over Notre Dame once again on national television, and then a Pac-12 championship win over Oregon at twelve and one. USC gets into the college football playoff. There's no doubt in my mind. USC's the, played the 40th the toughest schedule way to date. Ohio o- State's played the 7th, and the they've got their biggest way, game on deck. The only way that the nationally recognized brand of USC does not get into the college football playoffs at 12-1 and with a Pac-12 championship is if LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Because then LSU and Georgia have to get in. Okay. Well, why does why does LSU have to get in with two losses over a one loss? Because they're the champ? SEC champ. But they've got two losses. SEC champ gets in with two losses. Yes. SEC champ is in. Uh, listen, I, the Big Ten is so much closer to the SEC than it is to the Pac-12. The Big Ten is a like a world's better conference. So I, I disagree with you here. I think that we could see a a Big Ten a twelve and one Big Ten runner up. Like if Ohio State were were to lose to uh, to to Iowa, some which I don't think is going to happen, but I, I think that they would still get in. Here's the uh, here's the problem, and let's say it's one loss, Michigan. Okay, that is did Michigan the, lose to Ohio State or yes. to Iowa? No, no, Michigan loses to. Uh, listen, you can't lose the Big Ten championship. Okay. Michigan loses to Ohio State. Ohio State goes on and wins the national championship, right? Don't you think people are going to look back at last year and see the 34-11 win by Georgia over Michigan and think, okay, now we're going to put in a one-loss Michigan that didn't even play in the the Big Ten championship game just to pair them up at number four against Georgia again, which we saw last year. They're not going to do that. And you're certainly not putting them in at number three. But guess what they would have done? They they might have put Tennessee in at number four, and we saw that this year against Georgia. I don't think Tennessee would have gotten in. I, I disagree. I, I think a one-loss Tennessee, I think the, like the, with the, the resume committee, that they had. The committee is going to weigh conference championships over teams that don't even participate that, in their conference That can't be like the number one overall thing. Otherwise, we got to talk about Mountain West champions. It's absurd. Well, like they, These conferences Cincinnati, are not created Cincinnati equal. Cincinnati won the American last year, and they were in. They, well, they were unbeaten. <laughs> All conferences are not created equal. I think that's what we have to realize. And, a, a and team that's that goes, the reason why Clemson is not going to get into the college football I agree playoff. with that. It would take a, a, a massive amount of collapse for Clemson to get into the playoff. But I do believe that if you get through the Big Ten season with one loss, you get through the SEC season with one loss, and you're not the conference champion, it's not the end of the world. I I will say this. USC's only loss was one point on the road in Utah, and it came – on a two-point conversion. Yeah. With 48 seconds left in the game. Here's the question. If Let that, me just ask if you, they don't, If they don't convert that two-point conversion, this isn't even a discussion. Let me ask you right now. What number is USC ranked right now if, if Utah does not get that two-point conversion? They're number four. You don't think there's a chance they would be number three? No. No. Because they haven't played as tough of a schedule as Ohio okay. State and Michigan. Okay. Uh, but I, they'd be ahead of TCU. 
I agree with that. Yes. Yeah. They'd be I, th- I, I think that they would be number three. Here's the question: How good is USC? Like, let's be real. Like, is, elite on offense. Is USC? Is USC better than Clemson? Yes. You're sure? Yes. Clemson can't score with USC. I mean, everybody can score on USC. Look, Clemson can't score with USC. What I'm saying is oh. there's been a lot of really bad offenses mm. that played USC and suddenly looked very capable. Sure. Because this is a a ve- not not like a kind of bad defense. They're a, a very, very bad defense. Mm. They let Arizona score 37. They let Cal score 35. Yeah, and I like, get, look, Clemson did put 51 up on Wake Forest, who's also a bad, bad defense. defense. Yeah. Like, so it's, it, it can happen if in the right circumstances. And if you put a team out there that can stop USC a few times, I think it makes it a game. All right, it, you sold me 12-team playoff. Oh, God. Well, I, either way, uh, the, Tennessee, the only team that really falls – now we, we've got to decide. I mean, Georgia, we assume, is in, barring a loss to Georgia Tech. Like I said, the Big Ten champion we know will be in unless it's Iowa somehow. 13-0 uh, TCU if they're the Big 12 champion. Mm-hmm. And the, the Big 12 is, is getting interesting as we wind down here. TCU's locked into a spot. Kansas State needs just a win over Kansas this weekend. Okay. And they get the second spot. If they lose and Baylor beat or Texas beats Baylor, Texas now wow. would play TCU. Wouldn't we? That's a great rematch. It would be fun. So uh, Texas, Kansas State, TCU—the only remaining teams who have a shot at the Big Twelve championship. Um, and as we know, uh, Georgia, Georgia, and LSU—the only teams with a shot at the uh, SEC championship. Ohio State and Michigan. One of them is going to win the SEC or the Big Ten East. Iowa. Almost a lock. Uh, it would take a, a lot of madness that starts with Iowa losing to Corn, uh, and then I think you need Illinois to to win against Northwestern and Purdue to lose. Or like, there's got to be some yeah. some imag- like crazy scenario for someone other than Iowa uh, to get in, and then USC we know is in the Pac-12 championship. Correct. Oregon in, in the driver's seat. Oregon is in with a win over Oregon State. That's mm-hmm. all that needs to happen. That's where it gets a little interesting. If if Oregon loses to Oregon State, Utah would need to win at Colorado. Seems easy enough. Yes. They would also need UCLA to beat Cal, which also, let's face it, seems easy enough. Yes. But if Utah wins and Cal beats UCLA? Washington's in. Or if Utah loses to Colorado, yes. <laughs> Washington gets in. So it's very convoluted in the pack. Because you're going to have three team ties. You know how to solve all this? Let's just go to two divisions. I, 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 imagine, if, I imagine somebody thought of that at some point. Uh, and again, as we know, South Carolina, or excuse me, Clemson and North Carolina will play yeah. in the ACC championship, and there are your uh, your Power Five teams. Uh, your scenarios for the title games, but lat one last weekend before that. So we'll see how it plays out before we get into championship. Week. Big story in the NBA was the return of Kyrie Irving last night. Uh, and this is a guy who we, we I guess we thought it was going to be five games ends up being eight games for Kyrie Irving sitting out for, Harmful impact of his conduct mm-hmm. um, related to his social media posts. Kyrie scored 14 points, five rebounds, 
as the Nets beat the Grizzlies, the Ja Morantless Grizzlies, Grizzlies 127-115. Yeah. Uh, but the Nets looked a lot different with Kyrie out there. We, there's a team that we've been talking about needed that second second guy, and Ben Simmons has been in and out of the lineup. Kevin Durant needed help. He got it last night, and, and Kyrie looked like he was back to being Kyrie. Now, I wonder... On it, the court, Kyrie. Yes, I wonder... Cause that's a great point, because I wonder if this saga is not over because Kyrie was asked if he's going to file a grievance about his suspension. And he just said, you know, something to the line here. I'll I'll read a part of the quote, quote, I got to leave that to my legal team and leave that to the warriors I have around me. End quote. That sounds to me like there might be a grievance. And, And again, this could wind up Dragging on and being more and more Kyrie versus the Nets, Kyrie versus the NBA. And it just seems like a story that as much as we want it to go away is probably not going away. And I think we should note that Ben Simmons, who this was just the seventh time that he played with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. They were probably like, who are you? He had his his best game of the season, 22 points, 11 of 13 shooting. Wow. Think about that. Ben Simmons took 13 shots and made 11. Uh, also, eight rebounds, five assists. So, good game for Ben Simmons. Maybe things are starting to come together for the Nets uh, at a time where they really needed some some things to to fall their way. Speaking of teams that needed things to fall their way, the Warriors, who had been kind of in finally mode, get a road win. Yeah, they it, it took play in the Rockets, who are now who fall to three and 14. But this is one guy that a lot of people has has given grief this year is Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson had one of those vintage Clay Thompson games, forty one points on fourteen of twenty three shooting, ten three pointers. Uh, Steph Curry adds thirty three, and the Warriors beat the Rockets one twenty seven to one twenty, giving them their first road win of the season. Warriors now eight and nine. One and eight on the road. We have an exciting day and evening of sports here on Monday. Let's get to a multifaceted look ahead. We start on the pitch. Yes, World Cup action will start bright and early as England takes on Iran. England, but probably by the time you're listening to this podcast, the, this game will be over. Uh, England minus 285, the draw plus 380. If you want to bet Iran to win, it is plus 1,000. Senegal takes on the Netherlands. Uh, the Dutch are minus 155, the draw plus 270. If you want to take a flyer on the dogs, plus 500. And then the United States. Steaks? Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm hungry. <laughs> Thinking about steaks and eggs. Yeah. Yeah. The United States. Yeah, that's where we're from. Yeah. Uh, They take on Wales. The Welsh. Uh, The U.S. is plus 140. Wales plus 230. And the draw plus 215. Now, these odds are just clearly indicative of the money that the book is taking in and not indicative of really who the favorite should be in the game. So you're bucking it? No, I'm not bucking it. If anything, I like the draw. Okay. But uh, I just think that those odds are uh, based on money. I mean, a lot of people have spoken out saying the United, the, all these sports books are taking some big, t- you know, not big time money, but all these sports books are taking money on the U.S. Well, listen, they've got a they've got a track record of success in this tournament, so it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> 
only three games on the schedule for today. Uh, what's going on in hoops? The Orlando Magic seven-point road dogs at the Pacers. The Atlanta Hawks go to Cleveland. Cleveland minus two and a half. The Minnesota Timberwolves, seven and a half point favorites, hosting the Miami Heat. Celtics, road favorites, six point road favorites at Chicago. The Bucks, nine point favorites, hosting the Blazers. Those aforementioned Warriors, four and a half point dogs to get their second road win of the season at the Pelicans. And the New York Knickerbockers, plus three at the Thunder. The Jazz, three and a half point dogs at the Clippers. On the ice, the Devils will take their 12-game winning streak and put it on the line on home ice against the Oilers. New Jersey minus 155, total of 7. Flames take on the Flyers. Calgary minus 205, total of 6. The Bruins are in Tampa to take on the Lightning, who are minus 115 against the 16-2 Bruins. So think about that. 16-2 Bruins are underdogs against the Lightning. Tampa, minus 115, one again, uh, once again, and total is six. Islanders are at the Maple Leafs. Toronto, minus 190, total is six. Hurricanes at the Jets. Carolina, minus 135, total six. The Coyotes are in Nashville. Predators, minus 250, total of six. Ducks at the Blues. St. Louis, minus 220 with the six. Avalanche at the Stars. Colorado, minus 110, total of six. Senators at the Sharks. San Jose, minus 115, total also six. And VGK, Golden Knights, minus 140 in Vancouver to take on the Canucks. Total is six and a half. In college hoops, the Maui Invitational gets underway today early. We got the 9 or 9.30 a.m. tip for game one. That's Texas Tech and Creighton. Uh, the, the favorite to win the tournament Actually, Arkansas, plus 250 in the futures. Arizona, plus 300. San Diego State, plus 430. And Creighton, plus 450. Texas Tech, Creighton, the first game. Louisville, Arkansas will follow that. Ohio State, San Diego State. And then Cincinnati, Arizona will be your nightcap. I tend to like... Arizona here uh, is, I think, Arizona or San Diego State. These are the two teams that I'm going to be looking at mm. uh, to win this tournament. I, I, I love San Diego State just because it's their defense is so strong. If you haven't faced someone like them, it's hard to it's hard to understand what you're going to be in for. But Arizona is so up tempo. They're so explosive on offense. They're tough to bet against. Be a great matchup if we get that one down the road. Also. Am I naive or cynical or whatever to think that betting on teams that come from warm weather, nice weather places aren't they? They, uh, they aren't phased by being in Hawaii as opposed to a team coming from a cold weather place like Ohio. Uh, well, listen, you go to Hawaii in a little vacation time. Lubbock, Texas, is warm. Uh, but it's a, it's a culture shock to go from Lubbock, Texas to Maui. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> it's, uh, I would say it's a culture shock. It's probably a culture shock for everyone except Arizona and San Diego State. Yeah, except everyone, except, even Arizona. San Diego State is not a culture shock. Yeah, it's yeah. not too bad for San them. San Diego's like, can we go back where it's breezy? And, and honestly, right now, you think about it, we, I mean, tech, it's not warm in Lubbock right now. 
it's not warm in Arkansas right now. We saw LSU out there freezing their yeah. ass off last weekend. So this is uh, everybody's glad to get to Hawaii this time of year. Even even the guys from San Diego State are probably like, oh, this is nice. Even the guys from Chaminade. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want to jump on board, any package available on pregame.com, a daily package from maybe it's myself or AJ, McKenzie, Fezzik, Go right ahead and take $10 off, and uh, it'll be on me. So just use the promo code SCOTT10. It's S-C-O-T-T-10. Get $10 off any package you want at pregame.com. Go there. Check it out. If you haven't signed up yet, new users get $25 free. Yeah, $25 at pregame.com. You get a free site purchase for first-time users, so just just takes a minute or so. Go sign up. You can start tracking your own picks, participate in the forums, a- enter free contests, try to win some money, uh, but more importantly, just be a part of a great betting community and uh, follow our pregame pros. And again, any package you want at pregame.com, $10 off using the promo code SCOTT10. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. A.M.